0: to the Sunday recap everyone. So glad you joined us today. This is Chris McLaughlin uh, here with Ariel Eldridge, Mitch Green, and Luke Calvert. Let's go. It's Ariel and the beards. It's what, right. Yes. Ariel and the beards. I've got, to go. Team. I've <laughs> got tried, to go.
1: I've tried to grow a beard. It doesn't happen. I trim my facial hair down to a like four for an entire year thinking I literally, it was probably like yeah. 10 months, years with an exaggeration. 10 months is literal and I never grew the beard in never oh. once did this like grow
0: in well a yeah. year i struggled with it uh mine didn't really start growing in well for a while and it, it was all like white trashy like patchy <laughs> That's yeah me, like, like joe dirt if you ever see the that. worst part about <laughs> it was, it was so I, I was shaving as a
1: freshman so
2: there's that wow. there's, that. Then there's, then oh, there's me.
1: so this so. was before my wedding so like right before the wedding i'm like i'm shaving it it's not coming in so it's about 10 months leading up to october and JC's like, no, like I don't know how bad it'll look. I'm like, it doesn't look good. Now we look at all the <laughs> wedding pictures. Not, they're great pictures. But we look at my face. Yeah,
3: you're.
1: We look at my facial a hair. Your
3: photographer thinks. Yeah, no, they're, they're <laughs> great.
1: The photos themselves are awesome. But we're like, she's like, why did I let you not shave? Like they look, your facial hair looks so bad.
0: Oh man, <laughs> that's a bummer.
3: That's.
2: At
0: least you try. Heartwarming
3: so (laughs) friends with beards friends with beards. we're talking about friends
0: (laughs) that's right yeah we are in week two of this series um that's called raise them up and pastor scott's been walking through this series looking at passages of scripture that really deal with um things that we should really be imparting down to our kids but i think what we're finding with this is that so much of this really applies to us (laughs) as well um and so this week was really dealing with friendships and it was right out of proverbs chapter 13. Mm -hmm. um uh before we get into this, I, I wanted to ask you guys. You know, when you were let, let, let's let's think back a little bit. When you were a teenager, oh, and I goodness. know for some of you that wasn't very long ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, <laughs> but when you were a teenager, uh, were your friends an encouragement to you or a distraction to you from your faith?
2: I would say for for me, um, this is actually a big star, big big part of my story as a, as a believer. Yeah. Um, I had, I had what I called lifelong friends um, leading up until my eighth grade year. And I realized those, those lifelong friends are no longer suitable, if you will. I mean, they were, began to make wrong choices. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I, I had about eight of those guys that I ran around with since I was in first grade. Mm. Um, and I chose to kind of make the decision to no longer, no longer hang out with them uh, heading into my freshman year of high school. So, oh wow. um, that for me that was really the, a defining moment. I know uh, they weren't leading me, uh, helping me, or encouraging me uh, towards Christ. Yeah, um, and really that was the first kind of stance I ever made for my faith was saying this isn't this isn't gonna right like, this is gonna benefit me in any way.
0: That's so interesting. I actually had a very similar story. Really, um, yeah. So I became a Christian my junior year of high school or mm. right before my senior year of high school. And I had some good friends that were part of that youth group. But when, when we got into college, they kind of, some of them started making some bad decisions as mm-hmm. well. And I was like, I think I need to disassociate myself yeah. with them a little bit. And, and that was hard to do. Yeah. It was really hard to do. It's
2: it's so tough because you I had built so much like relational capital with them. Yeah. Like it was easy to hang out with them. It was enjoyable. I didn't have to try to be anything different. Right. And there I am heading into high school or for you, you know, college, mm-hmm. formidable, formidable, formidable years. And uh, I didn't feel like I had any friends, Yeah, you
1: know? And so that, yeah. was, that was kind of a defining moment
2: for me.
0: Yeah, what about you guys?
1: Yeah, so for me, similar path, but not by choice. Okay. So early on, I had some friends, they were kind of the cool kids in school, really popular. I actually, we collectively made some bad decisions and I got blamed for them. So I got oh. removed from that friend group by their parents, Yeah. Um, which then left me in a place where I had to kind of find new friends. And I luckily um, kind of fell into the right friend group at that time, okay. so it wasn't it wasn't so it's much not luck. Yeah, yeah, you God's, were yeah, God's providence. But, <laughs> but, but but for me, so it was it was like I had a group that I can't imagine what my wife life would have looked like if I kept running with that crew and wife. Yeah, or my wife would have looked <laughs> like um, if I kept running with that crew. And then due to some circumstances, I got removed from that crew. Then started hanging out with some better friends yeah. that now are still lifelong friends. Mm. So oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I mean, the the, the proverb says, uh, you know, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. I mean, it sounds like this really came true for you. Oh yeah. Like you really suffered some harm. Yeah, like, yeah,
1: broken friendships. I mean, this is really bad. It's funny, my mom listens to this, and I don't even know how much we've rehashed these details okay. <laughs> together. But, but, you know, um, at the time, hi. at the time, this is how sad it was. At the time, my only goal in those broken friendships was that I didn't, that my parents didn't find out the mistakes that we made. Yeah. Now, since then, I've talked about it with them, but it was like at that point in time, that was the goal. Yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> like, don't tell my mom and dad, and I'm cool if we never hang out again. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll suffer not having friends rather than. Suffer the punishment from from you know the decisions we made. So totally. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, I mean I am really grateful. God has has placed people in my life all through my life that have poured into me and pointed me to Christ, and I just really appreciate that. Even going to a secular college, I went to Purdue and found a um, an amazing crew of people who just love the Lord, who happened to like to sing, and that's kind of how we fell into that. Wow. Met my husband there too. Um. So yeah. It's, it's a it's a really blessed thing to surround yourself with people that um, that point you to Christ. Um, but I think we're going to talk about today too that this isn't necessarily us just being like parasitic and letting, looking for the things that pour into us. it's mm-hmm. It's a call to, to put God first and to surround yourself with a foundation, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that. Tonight.
0: Absolutely. I, I, I think, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think that this is really a call to put God first and, and there's a sacrifice that 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 often has to happen. I think that's part of our story, mm, uh, yeah. Luke and I. Yeah. Um, it is also about, you know, who you're surrounding yourself with is one thing, but I think it's also about who you are as a friend. Mm. Um, yeah. Like Like that, I think there's a personal application in there as well. Well um again let me just read the passage again so this is Proverbs 13:20 says whoever walks with the wise becomes wise but the companion of fools will suffer harm well, I just want to note that uh, just a couple things about Proverbs cuz you know when you read through Proverbs you know it's it's like these one liners you know these these little pithy sayings and in Hebrew they're even shorter because like they, typically they're only like three words or two words uh in Hebrew uh, in english we we like to use a lot of words so uh (laughs) uh, but what's interesting about it is they always follow this pattern uh there's a there's always a parallelism okay and it's it kind of works like this it's like the first part of the phrase is always like this is a right so a a is like this but then the second line is but what is more is b right so so with every proverb that we see that's usually how it is it's it's like this first line is true but what is more is the second line. Now, sometimes those uh, that parallel is like building on itself. It's like mm-hmm. it's like work. Like one thing is like this, and then it's even more like this. But this one's a little different because this is called antithetical parallelism. So, so it's the first line is is true, and then the second line is in contrast to it. Mm. And so, you, in the contrast, you see the truth that that's going on in in the passage, and you see that all over the place in proverbs and psalms and things like that. Um, and so so what I thought was interesting, what Scott really drew out in his message was this idea that it's not a true like he, he called it, it's not a true parallel. It is a parallel. But 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 what it is, is that, it, it, you know, you would expect it to say whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will become a fool. Mm-hmm. But he's but he points out it's like it actually becomes more. And that's what a proverb does. It becomes more. It's like the the companion of fools will suffer harm mm-hmm. at that point um what's a good example of that um or or how might someone who who hangs out with those who are fools suffer suffer harm i I think i think one way
2: i had thought about it uh, when thinking about scott's message on sunday was sometimes if you aren't hanging out with the foolish Mm -hmm. you'll hang out with the lame and what i mean by that is so it's, sometimes it's easy for us to look around and say, well, that's foolish. That's over the top. That's crazy. Look at what, the, the, those kids are the bad kids or whatever, right? We, it's easy to identify the extreme. It's not easy to identify or to settle, if you will, with the lame. And what I mean by that is, a lame relationship is something that's not someone's not going to be encouraging you or pushing you or showing you who Christ is. Mm-hmm. But what happens is often is we settle for those types of relationships because of the thing I was telling you earlier. Uh, it's easy. It's not hard. Mm-hmm. It's not. Um, you don't have to poke and prod at your own struggles or sin mm-hmm. or li- or hard you know hardship. You don't <laughs> you never have to, deal with it. it. You you never deal with. You're only dealing with surface level stuff. And yeah. so uh, I think what what I mean to say is that we settle f- in relationships often. And the harm that we, you know, suffer in those specific things is never dealing with the hard things. Yeah. I mean, how many friendships do you have at least surface level friendships that you've never talked about anything that has substance, right. nothing that's actually going to poke and prod at your problems that, that you're never actually going to be able to talk about those things. Yeah. So the harm that I'm kind of speaking of is you're just going to maintain, you're just going to be in neutral the whole time.
0: Well, and that, and that's that's a great point because like, I think ultimately there seems to be no neutral ground uh, yep, when right. it comes. Like, you're either going to be encouraging in your faith or you're not. Mm-hmm. Like in those friendships. Right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm glad that you said that because it, that that was something that was kind of missing in my mind as we were listening. I was thinking about, what about those friendships where you, you know that these people love the Lord, but you never talk about it? Mm-hmm. What do you do with that? Yeah. What do you do with that? Right. And I just want to be a person who who is brave mm-hmm. and, and says it.
2: Yeah. yeah. no, I agree. And That's I think good stuff. sometimes we... The word settle just kept coming coming to my mind. Yeah. Like, well, we go to yeah. church together. Well, we can do a Bible study together. You can do all these things together, but you can have restraints on your friendship without even knowing it or without because I think it's an active thing that we're called to do. Mm-hmm. You have to actively poke and prod at those things in your life and in others. You have to actively make sure that, you know, the Christian life, the most important things, even when it hurts, even if it's going to be tough, even mm-hmm. if this conversation is, could go south
1: quick. Mm-hmm. It's important, right? I have too many of those friendships yeah. that are just maintaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we I think we could mm-hmm. define that as harm too. I think I think the picture that kind of Scott's giving is okay. Show me your friends, show me your future. You mm-hmm. know, he kind of laid that out, but it's like, if we are to look and to, if we could be all knowing and say, this is what your path looks like if you go this way, you know, in 10 years, and this is what your path looks like if you go this way, and one of those paths is just stagnant relationships, like Luke's saying. And the other path is like active people growing you in Christ. You would look at those two paths and you would go, oh, if I choose one, it's harmful, mm-hmm. even though right now you're like, well, like they're good. We're not, you know, we don't fight. We don't bicker. We don't get into problems. We don't, you know, push each other in the wrong direction. But it's like, but what are you pushing each other towards? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if you're not pushing each other towards Christ, then in 10 years, it's like, you would say like, that's a harmful relationship. You may Mm -hmm. not each day you're hanging out, but yeah, I think that I also just thought about the situations, you know, that, you know, if you, if, if you think about hanging out with foolish people in your life. The situations that you get yourself into just due to association sometimes Mm -hmm. you know so so you know i've got friends in my life that they are more likely to get in fights than other friends (laughs) you know and so it's like i can be in situations with them where it's like this is not the wisest place to be because i'm going to be guilty by association by the mistakes that they're going to make here. Yeah, you know, now, because they're gonna take me down this path with them. Yeah, you know, or you know, you may have a struggle in your life. And, you know, you hear you hear people often, you know, that they maybe they were they're an alcoholic, you know, and so they've got to say, I got to shut off. these people in my life because i know that i'm going to be associated with things that i can't handle anymore right i think sometimes in this conversation we think too highly of ourselves oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's the problem is that we think that we can go into any relationship and be like i'm going to maintain or make it better mm-hmm. um and and you may yeah i mean you you do have you know christ and you and you can lead people towards christ but honestly more often than not what i've found personally is that i don't i don't have the ability to maintain that, yeah. that I need to have people in my
0: life. Yeah. I want to get back to that in, in a little bit, yeah. but, but I want to comment on something you said earlier, cause, cause you were kind of saying how, how this really, these relationships really do affect us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think first Corinthians chapter five is a really great example. This, this is a story of a man who was in a, um, just an inappropriate relationship. Um, and the church was boasting in, uh, in that for some reason, um, probably because they were thinking, oh, you know, grace is covering it or whatever. And Mm -hmm. we're just going to let it be. But Paul rebukes them in first Corinthians five. And, and he, he walks through this whole thing and and says like, look, this should not be, what does light have to do with darkness and dealing with all that stuff? But I think verse six is really telling. Cause and I think it applies here. Verse six says your boasting is not good. You do, uh, do you not know that a little leaven, leavens the whole lump. Mm. And his point here is this is like when you've got when you've got one person (laughs) that that's in this in in your community, in your Mm -hmm. maybe it's in your friend group or whatever, and they are um, discouraging people from faith or they're 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 actually causing harm, that that's going to affect everything. It's going to affect uh, all kinds of stuff in that community and and so his his point is uh he actually leads to church discipline which is Mm -hmm. uh, eventually like telling this person to to step out of the community but doing that in love and doing that as a way to get him to repent so that he could come back in and eventually we we believe that he does um from second corinthians but 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 that's the whole point of it is that it really does work through like, like Uh, like works through the whole community when something Mm -hmm. like that is in place.
2: Yeah, and I I think something that's really important in this conversation is that we differentiate between a person who is in my core group of friends that I trust, Mm -hmm. that I am, you know, I am a part of their discipleship journey just as much as they are part of mine. Um, You know, I'm discipling them as they're discipling me. We're growing together. And then there's the other party, if you kind of focus out a little bit more, that I have not... Aren't in my closest ring of friends that I want to impact for the gospel's sake, that I want to share the gospel with them with my life and with my words. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, there's definitely people I would not put in my inner circle that says, I trust, you know, with, with my spiritual growth and that with, with, I'm going to push them as they're going to push me, always leaning towards Christ and showing them Christ in tough situations. And then there's those friends that would say, those are the people that shouldn't be in my inner circle, but they're still important there, they're in
0: my life. So how do we do that? Well, I mean, Scott mentioned this, this was his third point in the message that we should love everyone and point them to Jesus. He recognized that there's a tension that we might live in where we need Christian community, but we also need to make disciples. There's a mission that we're here to accomplish, which is what you're talking about. So how do we do that? Well, like what boundaries do you think are important for us so that we can maintain that, um, encouragement for ourselves, but then also go and do the mission that we're, mm. that we're called to do.
2: Yeah. I think there's three quick layers for me that I was thinking about. Uh, sorry, I'm uh, Three quick layers would be, one, I have to check myself. If I'm not a good friend, if I'm not a disciple, if I'm not growing in my relationship with Jesus, that's not going to be valuable for me in friendship. Two, I have to check my inner circle that I do have people who are pouring into me. And then three, I have to have people that don't know who Christ is to disciple, to show Christ. <laughs> yeah. right? Those three things have to exist. Yeah. One, if I'm not growing, I will not, I will not be a good friend to those who mm-hmm. I call my closest friends. Right. Two, I have to have those closest friends who are pouring into me.
1: And then three, I have to have those group of people that don't know who Christ is. I'm going to say exactly what you said, Luke. I think it's taking stock of your relationships is, is step one, is, is looking at your relationships and saying, okay, where, where am I sitting here? You know, is this person pouring into me? Am I pouring into them? Are we pouring into each other? Or are they bringing me down? You know, am I lifting them up? And having a realistic picture of that. Because what I've found in seasons of my life, you know, now in ministry, is that I often lack the people that are pouring into me. And that's just as important, (laughs) you know? So I go to relationships with people that maybe they don't have the capacity or they're not in a spot spiritually where they can pour into me and I'm looking for them to pour into me. And I leave disappointed every time. So
0: everyone friend requests Mitch well, right now, Yeah, I
1: was talking with the I was talking with standards
3: the, are high. I was talking with
1: a buddy about this last week, but one of the things that's been really helpful for me this year is someone that ends up leading a lot of groups in a lot of discussions. I mean, I have great relationships with our team here, but we're both mutually pouring into each other Yeah, is now. I even have placed myself in situations with friends, mentors, and people where I'm like, their one job is to pour into me, mm-hmm. you know? So now I have these relationships where it's not even like we're mutually pouring into each other. It's like their role is to pour into me. Yeah. And I think we need all of those relationships, as Luke said, is, and we got to take stock of it. And we got to say, okay, who am I pouring into in my life? If it's nobody, okay, you need to find those people. Who's pouring into me? Okay, I need to find those people. And then you need some people that you're just running with. You know, and that's what I'm thankful for for a lot of our team. Often just feels like we're just running together, Mm -hmm. you know, and we can mutually pour into each other. It's different people on different days. But I think we need all of those things, as Luke said. And if we don't have those relationships, it's like that's that's when we're going to struggle in one category. You know, then we become people that aren't loving because we don't have anybody to love, you know, or we become people that. You know, all we're doing is, you know, people are pouring into us and we're not loving anybody. I just think it's, we got to see that we have relationships in all of those categories. As Luke said, those three categories are really good.
3: Mm -hmm. I appreciate that you said the third piece, especially because, you know, it seems as believers, often we think that we can just huddle up. And, and stay in the holy huddle, I think is mm-hmm. what I've heard it yeah. called. And then we don't expand, um, and we don't have those people that we're actually pouring into right. and discipling. Yeah,
0: it, so. that's sort of the critique of like uh, monasticism or like the monastery having yeah. like nuns and and um, um, monks and things like that. Yeah. But like yeah. just to just to separate yourself from society. Now there are different reasons for doing that, but mm-hmm. I think the downside of it was they have no witness. They, they, have, they have no one to talk to, you right. know, no one to, to to share their faith with, you yeah. know. Right.
2: And I think in the Christian life, you make the biggest impact on those who are in that third camp who might not know Christ or are on the fringe or are interested to some degree, but have never put uh, a lot of thought or interest in into actually taking that action step towards Christ. You're going to make the biggest impact on them,
1: with those people who are in your inner circle yeah i think that's spot on that's what i was going to say it's in the context of community it's so much easier to do those things to have people praying for your friends for your conversations to encourage you to have them almost as a bystander that's constantly checking hey how's it going with so-and-so hey Mm -hmm. how's it you know it's like that 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 is so beneficial in that process of loving everyone
3: Can I just say that one of my um, one of the things that I've had to learn as far as having friends, and I'm going to point out Luke here, is that there's a line that Luke has said that we now laugh about is, hey, Ariel, that really hurt me. <laughs> and you know what? We laugh about it now, but I appreciate friends who will actually say, hey, Ariel, that really hurt me mm. in on the spot, in the yeah. moment, so that we can work it out rather than carrying burdens beyond mm. for years and never addressing the hard stuff like you were talking about yeah. earlier.
2: And, and Ariel, I'm sure you know this about me, but that gets me in trouble as much as it does, <laughs> you know, it's a good thing. But I, think, I do think it's important, being authentic with one another. I think we live in such a facade society, right, that mm-hmm. uh, the Christian life is called to be honest with one another, to be real with one another, to dig under the surface level, to be able to say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Mm-hmm. Guys, I need your help. You know, the other day I just took, we, you know, me and a couple of friends were like, hey, let's stop and pray for our wives. I know we're supposed to, but how many times have we? You know, like honestly, it's just something you can say flippantly, but ha- when's the last time you actually stopped and said, what does my wife need? How can I pray for her? And And know that sounds juicy and lovely. Well, I but- was
3: just going to say, as someone who has, has tried these things, it feels so awkward at first. I mm-hmm. mean, especially if it's friends you've been with for years, yeah. and you even go to the same church, but you've never prayed with each other before, mm-hmm. and you stop and say, let's pray. Yeah. I mean, that it, it feels awkward. Just get over the hurdle. Right. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the the richness that comes out of those relationships afterward is so, so much more beautiful.
0: One of the things I on that um, that I started doing a few years ago was, you know, we always tell people like someone may come to us and say like, Hey, could you pray for this for me or whatever? And you're like, yeah, sure. I'll, 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 I'll pray for that Do it right now. <laughs> but that's the thing. I was like, no, let's do it right now. I, yeah. I started doing that. And man, what a difference that oh, is. Yeah. Cause cause then it's not like, Oh, this nebulous thing that maybe they will, maybe they won't. And mm. you know, and I, and i I mean, honestly, like sometimes I would say, Oh yeah, I'll pray, but then I would forget about it and, mm-hmm. I, and I wouldn't. And so I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's actually do that right now together. And so, I've been trying to make, make time to do that and to do it like in public, I th- I feel like is actually really encouraging to them. It's like, yeah, someone really cares enough to pray with me and is not afraid to pray with me in public around mm. other people and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just what a difference that is. Um, so I want to look at the text just a little bit more too, because so part of it is that, you know, Scott brought up a couple couple points here. He said, who should we not choose to be friends? And who should we choose to be friends? You know, mm-hmm. And, and uh, some of that actually really comes directly out of this this text. Um, so again, the text says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. He took some time to define what a fool is, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he said, a fool is someone who knows what's right, but does the opposite, mm. right? <laughs> that someone someone who knows what the right answer is, who knows what they should do, but does the opposite and doesn't care, right? Um, and, and so what he said was, is that people that we don't wanna choose are people who are gonna distract me from God's plan in my life and people who consistently t- tempt us to sin. Looking at those two, what do you think is the difference between those two categories of people, those that distract, us from God's plan for our life and those who are consistently tempting us to sin. Is there is there a difference there or are they somewhat kind of like different versions of the same thing?
3: I think they're different versions of the same thing. Yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure. It's just the other one is more subtle, right? Right. Um so oftentimes you know, we are distracted by by the good thing that God has for us by choosing Good things, mm-hmm. you know,
2: yeah, and I think that kind of Ariel made this point a little bit earlier, but I think it's, I think the heart, one of the hardest things to do is to break out of doing the good things and doing what the Lord has for us. I, that, that, like, because doing the good things or, you know, you can be distracted without kind of knowing it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like when you are mm-hmm. doing some, in quote, good things or just neutral things if you will with friends or you have friends who don't necessarily push you but they're not tempting you you know what i mean in any way shape or form it's like i think that's the hardest friendship to break through and say no this actually needs to be something where we're pushing one another Mm. um if that makes sense
0: yeah Mm -hmm. certainly are there i mean are there other boundaries that we that we need to have when it comes to friends who we shouldn't choose Are, are there some other maybe uh, warning signs or some markers that are like, yeah, maybe this is not going where I want it to go.
1: The only thing I want to say is I, I want I want us to be realistic with how we understand ourselves um, and our personal sin struggles, the things that we're drawn to yes. more. That 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 would be the only like that would be one of the additions I guess I would add is that some people um, are tempted by things that other people are not, um, or they're tempted to a different degree, and so they may be able to put themselves in a relationship that you can't. And so recognizing um, just your sin nature in that and your ability to say, you know what, like, I can't do a bar ministry because of this, you know, or, you know, know, there are women that go into strip clubs and there are other women who are like, I can't do that. And that's okay. Like, you need to recognize that your expectation isn't to be able to maintain the degree of relationships down with people that someone else is. It's to realistically understand, okay, what is best for me? and how can i love and pour into people and what do those look like and that can be time that can be can be all sorts of things you know it's you're not supposed to look at someone else and say this is how they do it i have to do it that way you're supposed to say okay as luke said what does the lord have for me in this what is he calling me to and how can i maintain those yeah. relationships but recognize my weaknesses
0: and i know you said this earlier but it, i think it's so critical to to recognize our own weaknesses and our own sin mm-hmm. sin in the middle of this because Sometimes, again, like you said, we think that we are so much stronger than we really are. Mm-hmm. So, like that, we could put ourselves sometimes into a situation where we can be tempted, but we think that it's just it's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I can I can uh, I can withstand that temptation. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, I don't think that's true. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that by putting ourselves in a situation where we're tempted uh, repeatedly, eventually you're going to stumble. You're mm-hmm. going to mm-hmm. fall. um And so it's recognizing, man. man I, I am not as good as I think I am. Mm -hmm. And I am, I'm weak and I need the Lord's help Mm -hmm. (laughs) in in the midst of that. And sometimes the Lord's help is get out of that situation. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I want to give one more boundary too. This is less of a boundary, but more of an encouragement. I was thinking back to when I was reading Life Together by Diedrich Bonhoeffer. And there's this quote in here where he's giving this reference to um, how we need to make relationships with the people around us. Mm. That I think that some he's like one of the biggest killers, to community is the person that dreams for a community that's not always there. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're they're sitting there and they're constantly saying this is the community that I want to be a part of. But they're not having relationships with the people around them. Well, what they're really doing is they're killing the community that they're already in because they're not they're not exist. All they're doing is saying there will not be community where they're at. Yeah.
0: that's really So good.
1: so I think like the other thing I would say is that like. Look for the people around you. If you're someone that you're sitting there right now and you're like, I don't have these relationships. Well, it's not like, well, you gotta go like move to find them, right? It's like, there are probably people already in your midst. You know, if, in, or if you're listening to this, there are people in the church, <laughs> you <laughs> know, that you can establish relationships with. Step into a ministry that we're doing, you know, join men's Bible study, join women's Bible study, join a D group. It's mm-hmm. like step into these environments that are already there for you. Yeah. Don't just keep dreaming about the relationships that aren't there
0: and I think the next step of that too is because sometimes people will jump into those environments with those people and they'll expect those people mm-hmm. then to be that friend to them without them actually being the friend first mm-hmm. and I, and I'd say when you step into those environments the one of the biggest killers of, of a of a, of a of a good friendship starting out is you just sitting back and waiting for other people to yeah. To, yeah. to befriend you. And that's each. what he
1: says. He says so those uh, those who love their dream of Christian community more than the Christian community itself become destroyers of that Christian community, even though their personal intentions may be honest, earnest, and sacrificial. Right. Like they're looking for something that does that. That's not. They're not working in what's already there, and they're looking so far to the future that they're not, they're like part of the problem of not creating community where they're already at.
2: Yeah. I, I do wanna to speak to the uh, I deal with this in student ministry a lot. Mm-hmm. Where I have students come up to me and say, and I don't know the answer, so I'm going somewhere I don't know have a perfect answer for I don't think there is one. But I'll have students come up to me and honestly say, Luke, I want good Christian friends. Yeah. But I don't know how to obtain that. I don't know how to do this. Like I, I in some scenarios, it's, I asked to hang out. I want to be around those people. And it's e- e- either like neglected or, you know. Like they're not rejected into that, into that closed group. Yeah. In some way. Yeah. And yeah. the, the group that they thought was going to be that for them rejected them. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, Luke, what do you want me to do now? I want good Christian friends. Yeah. I want good Christian relationships. I can't just populate that on my own, mm-hmm. you know? And so my encouragement to them is, hey, continue to be a good friend to others. Continue to be, you know, uh, a, a, an individual who's still striving to be more like the Lord, and pray that 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 those relationships come, you yeah. know, because that's a real struggle. And I'm as the youth pastor, I'm you know, I'm not I don't have a perfect answer for you, other than to continue trying to be, uh, you know someone who is standing firm in who Christ is and
0: praying that the Lord would provide good friends for you. Right, That's right. That's a tough spot. And I mean, part of that answer too is, again, it's it's what kind of friend are you right. to them, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think we, as as we become the friend that we want yes. in, in our life, then other people are like uh, uh, attracted to that. Like yep. Other people are like, oh man, when I you want start that. start
3: to mimic you. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I want
0: that person to be my friend. So, yeah. so, so, um, sometimes just taking the initiative to be the friend first, Mm -hmm. you know, that we're talking about here, someone who, uh, which is Scott's next point, who should be, uh, we have friends, you Mm -hmm. know, like who should be our friends, people who encourage us spiritually, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, people who support us consistently. Those are the two things that he mentioned, Mm -hmm. um, to be that kind of a friend to other people. Cause then all of a sudden you're like, Oh wow. Other people actually want me around, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Um,
1: so one of the things that Scott talked about that I, I know our demographic for our podcast is probably not the like graduating senior, but I think we should talk to them uh, anyways yeah, because yeah. it's such a important part of the conversation. Um, one of the things Scott's talking about is as you're making your decisions to go to school, you know, what, how are you filtering your relationships? Because again, as we're talking about, you probably have this idea of you had these relationships in the past. And honestly, here in about three weeks, like you're still going to have those relationships, but they don't exist with you on campus. And you're starting over at ground zero. And mm-hmm. that was one of the most nerve-wracking experiences of my life mm-hmm. it was like all this work I had done relationally now doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Now what I do. Yeah. So if you guys were speaking, you know, directly to those students right now, what would be your practical, you mm-hmm. know, wisdom in light in line with all the things we've already said, but now that you're walking into a new situation, a new campus, a new place. Yeah.
3: I'm a big advocate for being a member of a church, yep. um, and I think that before you go to campus is a great time. Before you go to campus is a great mm-hmm, time mm-hmm. to decide which church you want to try first Lord. and and have a plan Yeah. for Sunday.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I, again, I, I, I would go back to being the type of person that you want to have – friends Mm -hmm. that are like, I didn't say that right, but uh, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But the idea is like, you know, who, who do you want to, who do you want to be your friends? You should be that type of person too. Um, and, and so, and and I would say too, just being authentic, like what you, Luke, what you were saying, being, being who you are, um, don't try to like force yourself to be someone that you're not. Um, sometimes I think when you get to college, that's a great, time for people to say, like, well, I'm going to experiment with yeah. with
3: i'm christopher who, now instead of chris yeah I don't know. yeah
0: <laughs> actually i i, I, I a uh, lot of friends that did that <laughs> i did dabble with uh trying to go by my middle name for a little while and that did not take hold oh, so man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah but um i have two
1: friends one one his his name is is alex was his whole life and but his real name is Alejandro. well now anybody who talked to him in adulthood they're like oh you mean Alejandro?" i'm like no it's alex and they're like no he actually goes by Alejandro now and then i have another friend corey dubois who goes by dubois now
0: dubois and it's like that nice. was not what it was for
1: the 18 years of the life that i know it's just funny yeah. you know people people do that they, mm-hmm. they change these things yeah. about them because they see a new window yeah and there is a freedom to that in some sense like, there is you may have some baggage that you've been carrying your whole life and now you don't like have to walk in there being that person Absolutely.
0: anymore. there was a friend of mine uh, so he was an older guy that uh, when he was in his 50s he became a christian and and his his name used to be uh, his name was eldon um, but he change it to elder. <laughs> he no, no, actually, when he became a Christian, he wanted a clean break from his old life, so he actually l- legitimately changed his name to Bob. Wow, yeah, wow, yeah, wow. And um, he was the coolest guy, he's one of the first guys to, to like come and talk with me at this church <laughs> that I awesome. was at. But 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 his identity was so dr- dramatically different mm-hmm. that he needed to have a break from his old identity, mm-hmm. and that's and that's what uh what he decided to do. But I would say you know, when you're going into college, you know, having that identity that you all, that you have needs to be, I mean, it really should be founded in Christ yeah. and, yeah, mm-hmm. and at having that identity founded in Christ, go to college with that solid yeah. foundation right. of your identity yeah. and don't waver from it. All that. right, youth
1: pastor, yeah. give him a drop the mic moment. Oh, I, I, to, tell I, him, <laughs> tell him what we should do here. <laughs> I think that, uh,
3: he's shaking his leg. I don't have all waiting. the answers.
1: I haven't. No,
3: <laughs> uh,
2: I think that the community in which you value is the community in which you will be around? I, mm-hmm. you, if you value Christian community, you—that's the community that will be you'll you'll surround yourself with. That'll be your priority. That'll be your priority. Yeah. And the problem is, we go in acting like our commu- the biblical community is our is our value, and then we start dabbling with all these other things. And once you dabble with all these other things. Uh, well, uh, we play the wait game. Well, I'll wait till I get married and I'll back back in Christian community or wait till I'm graduated or wait till I move to the state in which I'm going to live for my career. And I'll wait, blah, 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 blah. Now, here's a, here's the sticking point for you adults that are listening. Mm-hmm. When you go to college, you're searching for friends. It seems to be the older that you get, the less you start searching for friends. Mm-hmm. So how many of you out there, you think maybe, you know, you go to college or recreate yourself or the whole nine, and you're actually actively looking for friendship. And sometimes you land with good friends and sometimes you land with not so great friends. Well, sometimes when you're 55 and you've been doing your job for the last 30 years and you've settled, you're no longer looking for good friends. So the friends you've had for 20 years, you feel like, A, you're either, well, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. Or B, it's like, I don't know if I need friends. I have my home, mm-hmm. I have my family. I go to my job and back, and I've got some coworkers. But I want to encourage them that side. Make sure you're still valuing good yeah. Christian friendship mm-hmm. that pushes you and that gets you the aches and pains that you might have to think about.
0: Well, it yeah. does, especially in the church. Like the the church, we need each other. Amen. Like we 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 can actually encourage each other, and and what Hebrew says, spur one another yeah. on, mm-hmm. and so. We, if, if we're not doing that, honestly, I, I would say it this way, um, we are robbing the church of everything that you have to offer yes. as, a, as a believer in Christ. That's right.
2: That's right. It was so weird. One of my friends uh, texted me this quote uh, m- on Monday right after Scott gave his message, and, and, and my friend doesn't go to Stone's Crossing. He had no idea about this, but he said, hey, I just ran, ran across a cool quote, uh, and I want to read this to you. So he texted me, he said, you may forget with whom you laughed but you will never forget with whom you wept.
3: Mm-hmm. And he's like, I,
2: it wasn't a Christian individual who was saying this, but I think it applies so much to the Christian life, he said. so, uh, And then and then we talked about our friendship in a way that's like, yeah, weeping together is the times in which we remember growing and being uncomfortable, but this is, we're living in each other's life. Yeah. It's not just, I can laugh with a lot of people and have good times. And, 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 and we have, my friend and I have laughed a lot together, but it's the times when we've wept and we've struggled and we've, We've really been there for one another. That defines our
1: relationship, mm-hmm. yeah. and I think. So I want to I want to kind of echo something Luke was saying, but then I want to ask a question to you, um, older folk in the room.
3: Oh my goodness! <laughs> wow. Why would you look at me? I guess I'm like,
2: wow, Just wow, a strong this of older folk <laughs> word. I got
1: the, <laughs> I got so the gray hair and the beard. So one <laughs> of the things that Luke was saying, I I mean, I've only been married three years, so I'm not I'm not some marriage expert, but I would be a burden to my wife. If I did not have other relationships that I was processing everything Mm, with, I would. And and I think that, again, one of the things Luke's alluding to is that sometimes I think when we get married, we go, this is it. This is my relationship and everything else. You know, I no longer have those relationships. And I think about me doing that. And I'm like, I would be an absolute I would be just such a burden to my wife um to where luckily i have people that they help me process things so that she doesn't have to carry the weight of me (laughs) you know in our relationship all the time and so i think what luke's saying is like man i'm like for me i mean i'm only three years in but i'm like there's some real wisdom there that like i need other people Mm -hmm. that can help me process things that can spur me along in my faith not just my wife all right now my question for the old folk We've talked about how to navigate this for you know college kids, you know, and we have, we had three, two ex youth pastors, current youth pastors in the room, you know, mom, we, so we all can speak into that. Help us with the little kids and mm-hmm. relationships, because that scares yeah. the snot out of me. I was at a I was at a drive-in movie Friday night, and I'm looking at these like preteen kids, and there's like 20 of them there they're like pushing carts and playing football in the parking lot and I'm like this is the scariest thing in my world 12 year olds yeah. so help us you know how do you navigate relationships for younger kids mm-hmm. like how do you help them understand this
3: well i thought it was really hilarious that scott said that you can exercise that awesome thing called control in mm-hmm. the beginning mm-hmm. Um so when my boys were a little younger what I would do is just kind of watch the way that they interact with their friends and take note of the things that I saw my boys doing that I thought were harmful in friendships and so we'd talk about that afterwards but then I'd also kind of watch what the other kids were like when they were around my boys too and I still do this um you know and and we just had friends over yesterday it just kind of like eavesdrop a little bit on their on their conversation in the car because there's nothing else for me to do while I'm driving and, um, and then I just sit back and, like, usually I will admire some of these kids who are, are pouring into my boys. It's amazing to see how friendships cool. are pretty natural anyway. Um, and then if we identify that something's not right, then I may think about, okay, this kid, I'll, I mean, we want to pour into him, we want to love him, but we may not want him to be alone with my kids all the time. You know, mm-hmm. I may mean, just want to be more guided in what we do together. As a family, or something like yeah,
0: that. Yeah, I think that's that's good. We've definitely done those, you know. And I think another thing is, I, I say two things. One is, um, as you're helping to develop the character of your kids, that your kids are going to see those things as valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 they're that's that's like the form formation of their own character, that's and so way. they're going to look for that in in other people as well yeah. as as they develop. Um, I, I think the other thing though is when there's a good friendship. Uh, when, when you see someone else that you're like, hey, I want to hang out with this person, and you know those kids, you know their parents, and you want to, you want to encourage that. Mm. You could be like, hey, why don't you call them up and have them over? Um, you know, yeah, like cool. do things to encourage those those positive friendships mm-hmm. that they have in their life, um, and like sort of simulate that a little bit yeah. more. So yeah.
2: yeah, Chris, that's so good. I, for me, uh, Dave Whitehead, who obviously works here uh, on staff, was. A second father to me because what i saw my parents and the in the whiteheads and their relationship and zach and i which is obviously dave's dave and alicia's son who's my best friend we began to model that because it's what we saw right we saw them praying together so then zach and i thought about doing that we saw them doing life together and having other friends over and we saw them kind of actively impacting them mm-hmm. with their friendship and so we tried to do that. You see, the model of our parents, they were doing it. And so we wanted to do it, but we weren't, act, you know, we weren't actively saying, hey, did you see that? Watch, th- they're doing this. Let's go do that. Yeah. We, we did it subconsciously, right? Because we saw mm-hmm. a parent, you know, we look towards our parents and we want to model them, but we don't want to admit that we're going to model them, of course. <laughs> and so they do that. And then we started naturally doing that. And then Zach and I are, are still really good friends today, you know, so it's like parents, Know that you have such a large impact on your students that they, if they see mom and dad praying together, if they see mom and dad discipling or sharing the gospel together, that they're going to start to say that's valuable. Mm-hmm. Just like Chris is saying, that's so much, that's so good. Chris is what you're saying. It's like, and then parents start to encourage those relationships that your students are are having with other students who are, you know, Christ-centered students.
0: Yeah, I want to look at one last thing before we close today, and and. And uh, looking back at our passage, uh, this is you know Proverbs thirteen twenty. Um, one thing that I think is is fascinating is is that uh, the language that's in this proverb, he uses the word wise, right? Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, and clearly this is talking about people. But I think we also have to recognize that the only wise mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. is God, and He is also the source of all wisdom, right? And so so ultimately, I mean what this is kind of getting to is is I think a couple things like you could, one you could read it in, in the sense of when it's talking about people, those who are wise have been given that wisdom from God. and so when we're seeking friends um, and and tr- like, those true people that you're going to when it says companion here, uh, it means that close association, your personal advisor. It could even mean best man like in a wedding, you know, Uh, that's that's what that word is about. When you're looking for that kind of a friend, um, having friends who really have the wisdom that God has given them, this wisdom from God is so Mm -hmm. important. Have good Christian friends that can encourage you. But I think the other way to read it too is really to look at um, our own relationship with the Lord Himself. That that we walk with the wise <laughs> as yeah. Christians, we walk with the Lord, um, and a companion of fools will suffer harm. You know, that's to me. I, I think about it, well, maybe it's a little bit of a stretch, but but there's some, somewhat of a redemptive angle to this, um, thinking about about Jesus and His life. You know, when Jesus came to earth, he, he came and he would often go and pray. And, and he sought the wisdom of the Father, right? He did that consistently. Um, and yet he was uh, the companion of fools because uh, there was only fools left. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's all that he had. And all of those people, all of, even his disciples, knew the right thing. But they all rejected it at, at the end, and yet, and that brought him to harm. It, but he did that for us. Mm-hmm. He did that so that we could walk with the wise. And so, I would want to draw us back to that reality of the gospel: that um, number one, Christ died for us so mm-hmm. that we could be with him, so that we could have wisdom that comes from him. And so that we could have these really awesome redemptive relationships as well. Like that's all part of what Christ died for. Mm. And when we have bad relationships that go south and um, distract us and tempt us, Christ died for that too, <laughs> you know, and we can rest in that. And, it, and for me, it's clear for me when my
2: relationship with Christ individually my personal relationship with Christ is growing it's clear how that impacts my friends yeah. and the vice the opposite side is true so so true yeah. when my relationship with Christ is not something that i am really i'm struggling in if that's an area of my life i'm str- that will impact my friendships yeah. 100% it'll, pin, it'll impact my marriage if i am not consistently growing and th- and, and consistently running towards the lord Uh, that will impact negatively my my relationships. And the thing is, sometimes, you know, you kind of go in groups. When your group kind of hits a rut at the same time, you feel that. You really do, and you take it, and you hurt because of it, truthfully. yeah. So, um, Chris, what you're saying is so true, man. That's so true.
3: I would just say run, I mean, don't run from brokenness, yeah, Yeah? because, you know, we have an ideal in our heads, forgetting that we – we're all fools, yeah. and um, and it can be hard to look at broken um, in the face, but mm-hmm. um, but stick with it, run the race, and 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 lean into um, what what Christ has set before us. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and just practically, practically too. You know, as much as we give wisdom to those who do have relationships on how to navigate them, I think we want to speak to those that don't have those relationships, and we want to welcome you into relationship. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. we want to say, I mean, seriously, reach out to any of us. You know, go to our website, hop in a men's group, hop in a women's group, hop mm-hmm. in a D group, you know, yep. join our student ministry. It's like we and want. Spe- Especially the last yeah, one. We want to walk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We want to walk. We want to walk with Christ, mm-hmm. you know, towards Christ together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we want to walk. If you're just like, man, I don't have any of that. We're like, man, get that. Like, yeah. you will not be disappointed. By joining our women's Bible study or our men's Bible study for the next year, yeah, you just—I just can't imagine you sitting there next year and going, "Well, that was the biggest mistake of my year." <laughs> you know, like, you're going to make relationships, you're going to make friendships, and I would just like practically say, "Step into one of those places."
2: Yeah, like, I, I think that I don't want to go too long here, but these us four that are sitting around this table talking about friendships have experienced this in a very unique way. Uh, I come, came working on staff about three years ago. I didn't know Ariel well, although I know you went to Stones. I didn't know Chris well, although I knew you worked at Stones. And I didn't know Mitch at all. And so I remember one of us after one of these podcasts, I think it was Ariel. We were just talking after the podcast and she's like, you know, it's really nice to have friends mm-hmm. that we do theology with, that we mm-hmm. can argue with, that we can go back and forth with. I would not be friends with you guys if it wasn't for my relationship with Christ. Right, we often we just say we don't know. Like I value you guys because you guys value Christ, yeah. and you guys value me because I value Christ first and foremost. And then those relationships we set around, and I think Ariel was just like, "Yeah, we're friends." This is cool. Mm-hmm. Like, friends do this. Friends push one another. Friends argue sometimes about the things in which they're pushing them for, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, like, it's a joy for me to have Chris McLaughlin and Ariel Eldridge and Mitch Green as not just coworkers, but truthfully friends who we grow and we, we, we absorb and we, we, we struggle sometimes with. And, and that's a joy for me. Uh, and so that, that's out, you out there. It's like once your Christian friends become your you know, Christian inner circle and relationship. It's a joy. It's fun. Yeah, So.
0: absolutely. Well, hey, listen, if you are uh, in that place right now where you're like, you know, I need to get into something, reach out to one of us, like Mitch said, um, contact any of us. We would love to help you get connected uh, into one of these uh, places where you can come in and be a friend to others but then also find some of those friendships back. And so we want to help you with that. Thanks for listening this week. We're so glad you joined us and uh, we'll catch you next time on the Sunday Recap.